Chapter Six of Brenda, Her School and Her Club. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Brenda, Her School and Her Club, by Helen Leah Reed. Chapter Six: Misunderstandings. Little by little, Julia accustomed herself to the routine of school. At first, it was much harder for her than anyone suspected. Even after she had become fairly well acquainted with the girls in her classes, she dreaded each recitation. It was no easy task to put her knowledge into the definite form needed in answering questions. She had much more general information than any of her classmates, but nearly all were better skilled in reciting lessons. Although in history, Latin, and literature, she was two classes ahead of Brenda. And the three other inseparables, she was with all but Edith in mathematics, and rather to Brenda's delight, a class below them in French. Julia's father had been much less interested in modern than in ancient languages, and Julia had had limited opportunities for learning French. Belle, on the contrary, was a really fine French scholar. She was fonder, indeed, of introducing French words and phrases into her conversation than should have been the case with a girl who really understood the French language. Edith excelled in mathematics. Nora, strange to say, Nora, who was so careless about most of her lessons, had a real gift for English composition. Brenda did well in all her studies by fits and starts, as the girls said. She had fine powers. Her teachers often told her. Which she seldom exerted to the utmost, but Brenda and her friends formed only a small part of the school, and Julia soon found that in every class she had one or two competitors whose proficiency spurred her on. To be perfectly frank, however, it must be said that the majority of Miss Crawden's girls were not hard workers. Miss Crawden herself. Often felt greatly discouraged that girls with the opportunities of most of her pupils should appreciate these opportunities so little. With most of them attending school was a mere duty, a way of which several months of each year must be spent until they should come out. Miss Crawden tried in vain to arouse in most of them something more like a passing interest in their work. Occasionally, she found a spark of earnestness in one of her pupils, which she was able to fan into ambition. But more often, she had give up the attempt to introduce a bright girl to become a genuine student. There were too many distractions out of school, and parents were apt to be slow in seconding her efforts. Miss Crawden was pleased, therefore, to find in Julia a girl who loved study and who was inclined to persevere. One day, Brenda came home from school in a state of considerable excitement. What do you think, Mamma? Julia is going to study Greek. Did you ever hear of such a thing? Why shouldn't Julia study Greek? Said her mother. Why are you so excited about it? Oh, it's so foolish! No girl at Miss Crawden's ever studied Greek before. Julia says she's going to college. Is she? Oh dear! I think it's horrid. Why, Brenda? Really? Well, it makes me so conspicuous. How can that be? Why, everyone will point me out and say, "Oh, it's her cousin who studies Greek." It sounds so strong-minded to talk of going to college. The next thing she'll want to be a teacher. 
"'It seems to me you are very unreasonable, Brenda. "'You ought to be glad that your cousin is so ambitious. "'I only wish that you were half as fond of study.' "'There, that's it. "'I knew there'd be comparisons. "'Oh, dear. "'It never was so before Julia came.' "'Daughter,' said Mr. Barlow from behind his paper. "'Brenda trembled for her father's daughter,' was generally the introduction to a lecture. "'Daughter, I fear that you are jealous.' Brenda shook her head. "'Oh, Papa!' "'Yes, Brenda, I have noticed in several ways that you are less kind to Julia than you should be. How does it happen that you and she never start off to school together?' "'Brenda is never ready when Julia is,' said Mrs. Barlow. "'Ah, Brenda!' "'Your habit of tardiness is a very bad one.' "'I'm hardly ever late at school. "'Bell and I get there a full minute before the bell rings.' "'That may be, but it would be better if you and Julia started together.' "'She does not have to go alone. "'Nora is generally with her.' "'Ah, oh, Brenda, the point I am trying to make is this. "'You do not spend nearly as much time with your cousin as I had hoped you would.' "'and you are too ready to find fault with what she does.' "'You always blame me, and you never find any fault with Julia. "'Why didn't she tell me that she was going to study Greek? "'The girls all asked me today if I knew about it, "'and I had to say that I hadn't heard a word.' "'You and Belle have been very much occupied with your own affairs this week. "'Julia consulted us about her plans, and—' "'Well, is she going to college?' "'interrupted Brenda. "'I cannot say positively,' smiled Mrs. Barlow. "'It rests with Julia herself.' "'I never saw anything like it,' pouted Brenda. "'Julia isn't two years older than I, "'and you let her do whatever she wants to. "'Oh, dear!' "'And Brenda pushed aside the portiere and left the room. "'This is just what I feared for Brenda,' said Mr. Barlow. Julia's coming makes her even a little more suspicious than she was before. She constantly has the idea that something of importance has been concealed from her, which she ought to know. Yes, replied Mrs. Barlow. I am afraid that Brenda is hopelessly spoiled. We did not realize the danger when she was little. The other two girls were so different. It would not surprise me, responded Mr. Barlow. If, after all, some change should come to Brenda's point of view from having to consider her cousin more or less. If only she would consider her, sighed Mrs. Barlow. If Julia felt at all slighted by Brenda, she did not say so. Indeed, she was too well occupied with her lessons and her music to be disturbed by trivial things. What her object was in studying Greek, she did not disclose fully to anyone. But she studied diligently the difficult declensions and conjugations. The serious-looking man with eyeglasses who came to the school three times a week was an object of much interest to most of the girls. "'Doesn't he look learned? Oh, Julia, I should think that you would be frightened to death,' said Edith. But Julia smiled. "'I wish myself that Greek were just a little easier. I've got to the verbs, and it seems to me I shall never know them.' "'I don't wonder,' responded Edith. "'I don't see how you ever learn it. "'All those queer letters and marks and things. 
"'Well, I should feel just as though I were standing on my head "'if I tried to study Greek.' "'Edith had no vanity about herself, "'at least in the matter of lessons. "'Her special talent was for drawing and mathematics, "'but although she was conscientious about her schoolwork, "'she rarely distinguished herself in her recitations. "'Like Nora, she had begun to have a great admiration for Julia.' The latter shook her head when Edith spoke of the difficulty she had in learning Greek. "'It's like everything else,' she said. "'You can learn it if you make up your mind and you try hard enough.' "'I wish I had been that way with my German, for I really did try. Papa is disappointed because he wanted me to speak by the time we go to Europe again. "'Then why don't you persevere? It would please him, and it would do you good. If I were you, I would take it up now.' "'Well, perhaps I will after Christmas. "'Miss Crodden won't let us make any changes until then.' "'As Edith watched Julia's diligence and perseverance, "'she really became ashamed of her own rather indolent way of treating her lessons. "'When Nora or Brenda came for her to go to walk early on some bright October afternoon, "'she was very apt to say, "'Oh, I cannot go now. I must finish studying.' "'Well, Edith, I never knew anything so funny.' Brenda exclaimed one day when she and Belle had vainly tried to persuade Edith to walk with them over the mill dam. "'You never used to make such excuses, and I consider it a perfect waste of time myself to spend such a lovely afternoon studying. I should think your mother'd want you to have some exercise.' "'Oh, I shall have plenty this afternoon. I'm going to the gymnasium for an hour with Julia, and that will answer for today.' "'We took a walk before school this morning.' "'You and Nora are too provoking, Edith,' claimed Brenda rather pettishly. "'Ever since Julia came, you seem to prefer spending your time with her. "'You never used to be such a bookworm.' "'Well, I'm trying to make up for lost time. "'I wish that I could accomplish as much as Julia.' "'Oh, Julia, Julia, I'm sick and tired of the name,' exclaimed Belle. "'Why in the world does she study so much, Brenda?' "'I'm sure I don't know.' "'You ought to. You're her cousin. "'I believe myself that she's going to be a teacher.' "'Well, it is not nice in you to say that,' interposed Edith. "'Why isn't it nice to be a teacher? "'I thought that you liked them more than anything else. "'I am sure that Julia does.' "'I dare say she does, "'but it doesn't follow that she's going to be a teacher herself.' "'Oh, anybody can tell that she's a poor relation, isn't she, Brenda? "'Just see how plainly she dresses, and working so to get into college. "'I think that your mother and father are very good to give her a home.' "'Now all this was very presumptuous on Belle's part, "'but she spoke so pleasantly and smiled so sweetly at Brenda "'as she talked that the latter, though a little irritated, "'never thought of taking offense at her.' But Belle's words had sunk deeper even than she had intended. Brenda had a certain kind of pride which was easily touched. She felt that in some way it was a source of discredit to her to have a cousin who might be a teacher. For in what other way could she interpret Julia's intention of studying Greek? Julia, unconscious of Brenda's feelings, went on quietly without heeding the disagreeable little remarks that sometimes were made in her hearing by Brenda. 
Belle was as polite and agreeable toward Julia as to others whom she liked better. For it was a kind of unspoken policy of Belle's to be apparently friendly with all girls of whom she was likely to see much. If accused of this failing, she would not have admitted that she was two-faced. She merely liked to be popular, and if she sometimes made ill-natured remarks about a third person, she trusted to the discretion of those to whom she talked. She did not realize that in time she might come to be regarded as thoroughly insincere. She had not measured the relative advantages of to be and to seem. End of chapter 6 Read today by Deborah Knight in the state of Illinois, February 5th, 2011.